John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. One of my favorite things Tito does, he has the club he's going and unwrap the entire thing's gum. So they're all unwrapped. So he doesn't have to waste time or, or not watch the game. He can just kind of like, you know, just gum. <laughs> and I think, I mean, it's so silly. It doesn't matter. I'm happy. He's happy. I just think it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 213 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. I think this is the first time the entire season I've been joined by one of my own, a Cleveland Guardian, Cal Quantrill. It's good to have you. How you doing, man? Yeah, it's good to be here. You've been slacking. Abandoned your city. That is not true. Come on. Shame on you. I saw you guys out in San Diego. Uh, I, I don't think I made it to a game in Cleveland. And I didn't make it to Anaheim, and you didn't play the Dodgers. I guess I have been slapping a little bit. That's my fault. Sorry. That's all right. All right. How was the concert Friday night? When I reached out to you, you, you were going to a concert. How was it? It was amazing. All-American rejects. They've still got it. Confirmed. Um, I would would attend again. So was this a festival or was it just them? No, actually, my wife just surprised me. She's like, hey, they're coming through town. You want to see them? She knows I, that's, that's my my type of music. So we uh, we Ubered out to uh, actually over close to uh, where our complex, our spring complex is here in Phoenix. So it's a good time. All right. Nice. Nice. Um, by the way, you I, look at you. You look like showered and ready. You parted your hair. Look, my hair's a mess. You, you look like you got to, I mean... It's a podcast, dude. You know, I know. I'm just I'm trying to start the off season right. You know, getting okay. cleaned up, settled in. We got some stuff planned, but uh, yeah, taking care of myself a little bit here. All right, good. Does that mean that it includes your day of uh, starting off with smelling salts? Because that's one of those memes that made it through <laughs> the baseball world pretty good. You know. Yeah. Uh, was that straw? Yeah. yeah. Straw yeah. hit me with the extra strong stuff. <laughs> Uh, that it's looks shot, like your first shot, time it, it shot the sensations all the way down through me. Yeah. That looks like somebody's first time having a beer, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not proud of the reaction, but it was just, it was natural. It was visceral. Okay, good. All right. So you said you have off season plans. What are we doing? Anything fun traveling the globe? Yeah, we got some travel coming up. Uh, I'm actually heading back to Canada here in a week to see family. Um, yeah, just, you know, it's a long season. I, I feel like uh, maybe people don't realize, you know, we, we roll for eight months straight every day, you know, finally get home, settle in, unpack a little bit for this first week, enjoy the pool, and then, uh, you know, try and knock out all those uh, regular human being things, <laughs> you know, be a little bit better husband in the off season, travel a little bit, and uh, yeah, get a little refreshed and ready for another 200 days straight. Is, is your wife also Canadian? Nope, she's not. I came, I stole an American. Oh, bastard. Yeah. Did, Did you meet at Stanford? Actually, uh, her her dad played baseball, too. We met with when our when our dads were with the uh, Dodgers. So we've known each other since we were tiny, six or seven in, in the uh, in the uh, kids room at Dodger Stadium. All right. Wait a second, because I rem- now I remember this. OK, you're going to have to help me out. Who's her pops? Yeah. Andy Ashby he played. He was a pitcher for a long time, too. That's right. 
Yeah, yeah if we ever have kids, I'm nervous that like it's just like they'll only be able to throw baseballs. <laughs> I <laughs> Thank goodness she brings some real athleticism to the table. She might be able to get us out off the mound a little bit here. Was she an athlete? Yeah, she played basketball in college. Where? Uh, she went to Emerson's uh, school in Boston. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Emerson, that's that's a big-time broadcasting school, actually. A lot yep, of people have gone to Emerson. She went for it, yep. So, so I'm hoping she brings a little bit of athleticism to the table, see if she can't save me. Okay. No, you can contribute like that 8% in the DNA or whatever it is. That's amazing. So you guys knew each other basically like kindergartners. Yep, pretty much. Yep. A mm, couple of years there, and then uh, we met up again post-college. So you went like years without seeing each other or did you always stay in contact? How did that work? Well, I saw the Christmas cards. I mean, I was like, same age and it just, you know, I guess we both graduated similar timelines and, and kind of reconnected. Uh, our, our dads were, were friends when they played. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't super weird, but uh, yeah, it's good. We're going on, what is it? Five, six years strong now. It's all good. So how did how did you reconnect? Were you like, hey, listen, you know, now that you're in your early 20s, you want to go hang out? Is that how it worked? Well, I think we have different stories. Uh, <laughs> my story, and I'm sticking to it, is that uh, I, I put out an Instagram story. I, I had been following her, and I put out an Instagram story that she responded to, and that's when I knew I was like, okay, this is my one chance to make a move. <laughs> to make a move. So uh, ended up, you know, responded, talk a little bit, and then I flew out to Boston and took her on a date, see if I could could sell the sell the whole package. So um, I got lucky. I, I must have tricked her. Dude, this is amazing. This is like a real life episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I it, it's kind of funny. It's uh, I guess a little unlikely, but at the same time, you know, um, she understands the world that 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 I live in and. And she's been uh, pretty vital uh, for me in terms of just both success, but also in trying to enjoy the sport and the season. And yeah, kind of a crazy reunion, but worked out good. That is awesome. So what do you think her side of the story would be? How do you, how do you think it'd be different? I think that she'd like to think that uh, she was the one who did like the, the luring, like, hmm. uh, and I like to think that I did the wooing, but you know, whatever, in the end, we both got what we want, hopefully. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, I got a lot of ground to cover with you, but I want to start since we're smack dab in the middle of the playoffs and we're taping this on the day off between the ALDS series. So at this point, Texas has a two nothing lead over Baltimore. The twins and the Astros have split so far. I want to start off with this because I asked Ploof the question on baseball today. If the lights are too bright for a very young Baltimore team, as a guy who has now had experience pitching in the playoffs like you have, how different is it for all these young guys that are doing it for the first time? Yeah, I mean, it it is real. It is different. Uh, the lights are brighter. The stage is bigger. There's more fans. You know, all eyes are on you. Uh, I that being said, I don't think it's you know I don't think it's a game ender for them. I'm not a big believer in you know you got to do it once before you have a chance. I think that that Orioles team in particular is extremely talented, top to bottom. Um, I think that they have some you know they they have some veteran leadership. You know, throughout throughout the team, I don't think that they're, you know, they're completely, you know, uh, don't belong on this stage. I think that they showed over the course of the year that they're capable of taking on any team. You know, that being said, they're in a little bit of a hole now, right? Is it, it's two nothing now in the series. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I think it's almost it's almost. I have 
almost more amazed with what the Rangers have done. You know, if you two aces go down and they just keep rolling, um, it's pretty incredible. I, I I'm obviously Austin Hedges is one of my better friends in baseball. So I'm, I, I'm, I guess I wouldn't say rooting, but I'm, I'm happy to see him succeed. And, and I really, I can't get over the fact that they're doing this down, you know, two of the most elite arms in our entire sport. Uh, I think that Simeon Seeger back to back is just gets, I faced him a couple of times now and it is just not fun. It's that's a, it's a, it's a deep lineup. They're going to keep slugging. And if you pitch around those two, you just run into bigger and bigger guys as you go. So um, that's, that'll be a fun series. You know, we've talked in the last few years about Jordan Alvarez and it's just, I think we almost take him for granted because we expect him to just do all these amazing things, particularly in October. Have you faced him much? Yeah. I'm a huge Jordan fan. I feel like he, I don't know if underrated is the right word. We all know how great he is. Right. It's almost uh, like we've come to expect this greatness, and now we're not you know, honoring the fact that this guy is just going off every year. Um, I mean, he it, was it yesterday? I just saw a video. He had a ball. He had an opposite field home run. I mean, it, he's just so dangerous, man. Like, you can't beat him with the heater. He's on off speed. He can take the ball out of the yard every direction. Um, you know, I – I guess at first I had questions, you know, what, what position he could, could he play? But, you know, I think he, he holds his own in the outfield when he's asked to, he DHs when he can. And it's like, it's just, he, he adds a whole new factor to an already pretty deep lineup, but one, one of, if not the best left-handed hitter in baseball right now. Is he the hardest guy to face in baseball? Because it feels like there aren't a lot of holes or is there somebody I'm missing? Uh, I mean, he's up there. It's you're splitting hairs when you talk about some of these elite guys, right? You know, Seager's right in that conversation too for me for left-handed hitters. Um, uh, Devers is another, you know, really tough out. Freddie, like, look what he did this year. My goodness, the guy. It's like (laughs) you can almost chalk him up for for forty plus doubles, thirty home runs a year. Um, I think we're pretty spoiled in the sport right now with left-handed hitters. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Jordan is in the conversation of, of best lefty in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, and then let's finish it up with the twins and Correa. He did not have a great regular season. He was obviously bothered by the plantar fasciitis. We know the off season with the ankles and not being able to sign with the giants and the Mets and finally returning to Minnesota for a number that we were all shocked by. I know it's ridiculous. We saved $200 million is we're shocked that he didn't get more, but it feels like, and you've played them enough to know over the last few years that he is kind of the emotional heartbeat of that team. Whether you like him, don't like him, there aren't a lot of guys in baseball who seem to change the complexion of a clubhouse and a lineup. But it feels like he's one of them. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't played with Carlos. I, you know, they they signed him to that deal for this moment. Um, you know, I, I think if you asked me, probably the season wasn't up to his standards. He certainly didn't hurt them. Um, but he's a he's an exceptional player and and they paid him <laughs> for these moments in the playoffs and he seems to consistently come through what is he at now 61 60 RBIs in playoff baseball like that's hard to fathom that's you know that that, that seems like that would take an entire career to accomplish and the guy is what like a couple years older than me <laughs> on with 6 8 years left in his career um yeah he's he's a fantastic player like i said i don't i don't know him personally but you know, I, I'm pretty sure they're excited about having him rolled out at shortstop here for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's return back to your buddy, Hedgie. So he is a regular contributor on this show. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but we have a half dozen active players 
that are my rotating co-hosts. And then so they drop in once a month. And, you know, I always text Hedgie. I'm like, hey, you want to come on? And before I can even like send the message, he returns, dude, let's go. Let's go. He's one of those guys who big personality in a clubhouse. Were there ever days where you just had to turn to him and be like, Hedgie, shut the fuck up, man. There were there were there are times where you want to beat his ass. But the the overall <laughs> positive that he brings to to the field on a daily basis is is easy smash. Except yes, we want that on your team. Um, I think that he's the kind of guy that like if you could show someone like how, how do you handle you know failure here or here, but still show up with the correct attitude. Like that guy can turn the page about as good as anyone I've ever seen. Uh, finds a way to contribute to a baseball team whether or not he's hitting well at the time. Um, probably the best defensive catcher that, you know, that I've ever thrown to. And uh, an, an exceptional, an exceptional teammate. I'm happy to see him succeed. And I tease him all the time. I said, you're, you're ended up at the point in your career now where you might just, you, he might bounce from playoff team to playoff team here for the, for as long as he wants to play. Like who doesn't want someone you can bring in and it's a brick wall from the, from the sixth inning on. And, you know, and if he hits like, you know, maybe he could, then then you have even more. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a personality. He would make a great co-host. Oh, yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, He has told us that, obviously, you're one of his dear friends in this sport. But he says, like, you're a little crazy. Like, you can get a little nuts out there, even though you're a Stanford dude. Are there times where he and you have gotten into it? Yeah, yeah. Pitch selection, uh, approach to a lineup. I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily proud of how I act on the field sometimes, but it's just like, you're going to war, man. Like I try and keep it even keel for four days. And then on that fifth day, I don't really care. Like we're letting it rip. And you know, if I got to fight my own teammate to make it happen, then I got to make it happen. But I think the reason Hedgie and I worked so well together is because he brought that same energy, right? Like, you know, we're out here, we're finding a way to get, you know, 18 to 27 outs and anything less is unacceptable and let's go game on. Are you one of those guys that we can't talk to on the day you pitch? No, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Like up into, you know, maybe like an hour before the game. I don't shut it down completely. I'm not sure if I have the mental fortitude to stay focused for that long. So it's like, I got if I, if I only have like a four hour window where I'm in control of my brain, I need to make sure that that's, you know, as close to the game as possible. But, but yeah, I'm certainly not a, having conversations on the bench while I'm pitching. I just, uh, I think that as a starting pitcher, it's like, I can only make a huge impact on the game once every five days. Like there's no excuse on that day, not to, not to be locked in. Now I'm not saying that, you know, I've seen guys who can, who have that lock in, they can come in and out of that locked in, right? Like, you know, they get their three outs and then they come and they can chit chat on the bench. You know that I wasn't blessed with that ability. So for me, it's just, this is my one day this week where I can try and make this team a winning team. Let's go balls to the wall. How long, when you make 30 starts a year, inevitably you're going to have a couple. Glassnow's always told me, he's like, you know going into this, you're going to have a handful that are just shitty. Like, you don't have your right stuff. The other team's got everything going. The baseball gods aren't with you. Or you just do a bad job or whatever. So you're going to have a handful. How long does it take you to get over that? Well, first of all, it's nice to hear Glassnow say that. Because I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> A hundred with a breaking ball from hell. I mean, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just don't have it and it's, it's so frustrating. Um, 
we talk about it on the team, me and a couple of the guys about like a 24 hour goal, like as a friend and a teammate, I'll give you 24 hours. I'll give you until the next game starts. If you want to be a little pouty, a little whiny, but at some point, like I need you back. Like you have to provide some value to this team. So as a starting pitcher, you know, you, I'll give you, I'll give you 12 to 24 hours as a position player, as a catcher. That's what makes it so hard is you don't, you get five minutes, right? Like you strike out, I need you in the field. Like no complaints. Um, there's times where it takes me <laughs> a couple of days to shake them off. You know, I think I let up about 30 runs and four starts this year. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty awful month, but, uh, you know, you really do have, you have to believe right or wrong that, that you can make a positive impact at the field the next day. And that involves letting whatever happened the day before go. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that that was easy for you. And listen, you grew up the son of a major leaguer. Um, how did you deal with that? Particularly this year where you weren't healthy. I remember seeing you in San Diego and you were close to coming back. You were like, listen, at the beginning of the year, my, I was fucked. I was thrown out there and I just wasn't healthy. But how did you deal with that? How did you get past it? Yeah, it, kind of a learning experience for me this year. I've been, I've been pretty blessed. I've been pretty healthy my entire professional career. Um, I didn't handle the injury looking back as well as I could have. You know, I think I, I probably let it get too far. You know, it affected both my results and the team's results. Then, you know, then I wanted to come back so fast that maybe I just didn't give it a chance to fully heal. You know, I feel like I pitched you know, September, I was healthy and, and, you know, maybe, maybe the very first month of the year, but I really just, you know, I battled this year. I battled to keep, keep the shoulder where I wanted, you know, I feel pretty good about where I got it and, and, and heading into this off season, but, you know, it was a learning experience for me, but making sure that just towing the rubber, it, it isn't good enough at this level, right? Like I got nothing but respect for guys who, who every fifth day for seven years in a row, right? Like that's, that is the ultimate compliment I can give to a starting pitcher. Um, but, you know, there was a stretch in the season there where I wasn't really uh, – I wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, it's killer, man. It, it's tough on the mental. Uh, you're doing everything you can behind the scenes to be ready to go. But, you know, it just is what it is. This game's, you know, so at – the, at the top level, it's so close, right, that you being down 1% or 2% can be the difference between being successful or not successful. So – um, yeah, it was a grind this year. Uh, mentally, it was a grind. Physically, it was a grind. But, you know, we got to where we wanted to get. And, you know, that's pretty much all I could hope for is finish the way I wanted to and head into next year strong. Well, we talk a lot on this show about how you deal with your successes and failures, because I find it fascinating, particularly in this sport. Um, who did you lean on most? Was it your wife? Because she was a, you know, college athlete. Was it your dad who pitched basically 15 years in the show or or did you internalize it or what'd you do? Yeah. I mean, family, like my, my family and my, and my team, you know, I think if you have that kind of support around you, you know, and it can look however you want it to look, but you know, that's what, that's what you find a way to get through it. The other thing, you know, every year I've survived in baseball, you try, I try and get better at this is, you know, who you are as a human being isn't necessarily like baseball shouldn't necessarily define that. You know, I can still be active in my community. Um, I can be a good friend. I can be a good husband and be a bad baseball player at a time. You know, like those aren't you. You really don't want to let those two connect. I think that that's how you you can extend a, a pretty scary slump. Um, 
but yeah, this year I learned a lot about that, about finding a way to, you know, wake up every day and try and be, you know, that the best version I have got that day when I know that at the baseball field, it ain't going the way I want. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, I had my dad to talk to if I needed to talk baseball failure. We had, we have an exceptional coaching staff in, in Cleveland, right? You know, Tito and, and Carl, who I don't, I feel like sometimes Carl doesn't get enough credit. The man's just a Cy Young producer. And then, you know, our t- my teammates, it's, it's pretty cool clubhouse. We have every single guy is the same age. It feels like, so, you know, you're not the only person who's ever sucked at baseball. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to remind yourself that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I mean, pretty much every single person who's ever played baseball has sucked at least as bad as I do right now. So you know, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you don't suck. Stop. You were average. <laughs> baseball fans, baseball playoffs are underway, and things are heating up in the ballpark. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score two. $100 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE and new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for just have for betting just $5 on baseball. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code ROSE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply now back to the show what do you remember about your dad's career uh you know what i i probably didn't experience it in the same way as you would you know now i I was a kid i was so young i remember mostly this was all pre um who's the kid who got picked up off home plate and then there was no more kid bat boys oh dusty baker's kid yeah so this was all that like I was bat boying. I bat boyed for the Dodgers. I bat boyed for maybe the Blue Jays. Might have been a little young for the Blue Jays. Definitely bat boyed for the Dodgers though before all that went down. And uh, so I was like running around the clubhouse just wreaking havoc. Um, still had good candy back then. Like nutrition wasn't where it was where it is now. <laughs> I'm like it was trick or treat every night. If if the team won and I was allowed to go down into the clubhouse, I was coming out with just a bag full of candy. Um, that was fun though. And, you know, he was, he was fairly veteran by the time that I was really starting to enjoy baseball. So, uh, he had a little more time on his hands. I remember like, I, I just had no, I, I feel like I was respectful in the clubhouse, but I maybe didn't realize like who was around me. Like maybe just like asking Derek Jeter for a game of catch, <laughs> like not so normal or like, uh, dad went to the all-star game in 2001. And I think, I don't know the whole story, but you know, I think I was like asking all stars if like they would like throw me batting practice in the cage. Like they didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so definitely a little spoiled. Uh, I look back and I now I think, well, that's that was pretty cool. But uh, actually, this year at the end of the year, we had Cole Calhoun for the last uh, hmm? 
probably two months of the season. Nothing but good things to say about him, by the way. Like that guy earned his 10 years in this sport. It was awesome. But he started bringing his son in a little bit at the end of the season after we'd win a game or whatever. And I was like, oh, I almost wanted to walk up to him and be like, hey, you don't know how good you've got it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That 01 All-Star game, that was up in Seattle. Yep. That was the last one for Cal Ripken Jr. and Tony Gwynn. I don't know if you remember the whole thing going on as a kid, but that was a big deal, dude. It was the first one for Suzuki, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was a, it was pretty cool. And in, in, like for, for a, for a seventh, eighth inning guy to go to the all-star game is obviously, it's still incredibly difficult. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I was aware of how, how exceptional that situation was, even if I was pretty young. Your dad one year, do you know, he pitched 86 games one season. He had a rubber arm. I, I can't even talk to him about injuries sometimes because you just don't get it, man. <laughs> I think he had four years in a row with 80 plus appearances. Like just the best part though, as a kid is that like, I went, I went to most of the home games and like, it was pretty much guaranteed he was going to pitch. Like I was like, I expected it. Like if I showed up and he didn't pitch, it was like, you're looking at mom, like what, what are we doing here? Like <laughs> what's going on? Um, I imagine you've seen the fight that your dad was in the big one. What, the Yankee Red Sox one? Which I one? Think it was, yeah. Here. So yeah, he's pitching for the Red Sox. This is a, this is a Mariners, I think. Right. Oh, is this, this is like his rookie year. God, oh, I've seen mean, the good video. Yeah. So he didn't even know that he was being charged till dude is like five feet from him. Look at this. Hey, he's got a big old lipper in, too. Look the full dip in. That's what I was looking at, too. Holy smokes. He turned right around, and he, the guy is right on top of him. You might have to get a couple angles here and see who won this fight. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to see him in about a week. Maybe we can maybe we reenact it. I like my chances now. He's a little older. <laughs> God almighty. Yeah, with it, that, this is when brawls were good. Like We just don't have them as much anymore. Not that I wish them upon anybody, because I have seen guys get hurt. We had one yeah. this year. Woo! Yeah, which one? Which one? Did Jose. You know? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. That was. I've never seen anything like that on a baseball field. So were you in the dugout? Yeah, I was actually. So I was. Uh, I was on the IL. I was inside. And so we're watching this happen. Like it was just. It was lightning. It was instant. It was like kind of like, bang. Someone's on the ground, and then it was over. It was. I've never seen anything like it, but. Wow, did the fans ever like Jose that night? I mean, well, they loved him, period, every yeah. day. But that one is, I mean, do you guys, were you allowed to joke with him afterward about it? Or is that something you don't touch? Jose is, Jose's wild. He, a lot of guys I think would see that as like a, like a, almost not a, not an achievement, but that would make a lot of players, I think, feel pretty good. Right, that they won. I feel like the only thing Jose was thinking about is how to reduce the suspension so that he could play baseball again. Like it, it like almost like to a fault. It's like holy man, like this guy just takes so much pride in 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 taking the field every single game. I really think that the thing that bothered him the most about that entire thing was missing three games or whatever it was. Like, and that that just. I mean, if you can't respect that as a teammate, it's like that is incredible. His approach to baseball is pretty special. Well, 
that was one of the most viral videos from the baseball season. I mean, you had people from every sport. You had guys in the boxing world and UFC talking about how quick Jose's fists were. He might have a, a second career once he's finally done playing baseball. Yeah. It's pretty boxing. Yeah. Well, the other guy I would love to see in an octagon or a boxing ring is like Josh Naylor. And you've known Nails for a long, long time. Like he just, there is a switch with him, is there not? Yeah, he, uh, that's an intense, that's an intense baseball player. Uh, yeah, I've played with Nails since he was 14 years old. I, I have known him forever. I have a, a huge amount of respect for the way he approaches the game. It is, it is game on. Like he is, <laughs> there's zero fear. Like look at it. I feel like his numbers against like aces. If there was a way we could define what an ace is and then his right. numbers against aces, it's like, oh my God. Like this guy just like lives for the moment, plays real hard, way better athlete than people think he is. He's fast, pretty good fielder, rakes. It was nice to see it all come together this year. You know, broke his leg a couple of years ago. And that I think people didn't realize that 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 injury, I think, held him back even last year a little bit. So seeing it all come together this year was pretty awesome. So you played with him up in Canada? Yeah, he, uh, so I'm, a, I think I'm maybe two years older than him, but he made the national team as like a four, like grade nine. Like he made it when he, the 18U team, when he was like 14 or 15. And I was on the team and he, he shows up. Actually, we're at a, I, I've told this story before, but we're, we're prepping to go on a trip. Like team, the junior national team in Canada is set up where, you know, you start with like 50 kids and you go on all these trips and it gets pared down to the final team. That's going to go play in the, uh, the under 18, uh, world championship. And, uh, we're like, I want to say we're tuning up at like some scout game in Toronto. So I'm on the national team and he's just like one of the kids kind of there to be seen by some scouts. He's super young, you know, and if we really liked any of the players there, then, you know, we'd add them to the squad as we continue to work the roster down. And I'm feeling pretty good about myself at this point. Like I'm throwing harder than most guys, right? It's like, it's high school. I'm throwing harder than most guys. I, this should be pretty good. I'm not facing the toughest competition that we have to offer. I want to say I get like two quick outs and Josh Naylor rolls up to the plate. Never heard of him. Don't know who he is in my mind. It's like, you know, whatever big lefty, like typical Canadian million lefties who face only lefties. And he hits a freaking big league linea just about knocks my hat off, hits the wall. And I'm like, I'm like looking in the dugout, like, why is he on that side? <laughs> we need this guy over here. I want to say that he actually, uh, he made the team that year. Like he, he joined us right after that. So, you know, credit to me for making sure I got Naylor started on a, on, on a, you know, slugging 700 or whatever the heck it was. And, uh, and he never, never left. I I've played with him since that day on, we had a small little break when I was in college and he was in Miami and then, AJ Preller made sure we got that fixed and we brought him over to San Diego and <laughs> game on. <laughs> Dude, look at the photo, man. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so good. Good teammate, man. I, I, I'd be happy to play with him my whole career. Oh, that is great. So I think I read that you also played hockey, right? Yep. Give me the scouting report on Cal Quantrill, the hockey player. Uh, average hands, below average speed, good toughness. Um, grinder good yeah like you know I think you want me on your team but I'm not going to score very many goals I uh, ended up playing D in Canada it's like 15 16 years old you get you get drafted into the or at least in Ontario to the OHL 
And it was right around that age when I realized that, yeah, I'm probably a baseball player. So <laughs> I was watching some really good kids skate by me and I was like, yeah, I think maybe we ought to hang them up. But I'd still, I'd take my chance. I, I got to be in the top, like, I want to get too aggressive here. Top 1% in the MLB in terms of hockey players, right? That seems fair. Oh, easily. Right? Like 99 didn't even. Easily. I'm only competing against a couple Minnesotans, some Canadians. I mean, like Sam Henches. I'm competing against the Sam Henches of the world. Where I forget where Henches is from. He's from, I think, just outside of Minneapolis. I tease him all the time. That's further north than where I live. I mean, could you imagine him on skates? He'd be like Zidane Charo. Seven foot, yeah. No, I don't want to run into him. No. So you end up uh, getting a scholarship to Stanford. When you got to Stanford, listen, we know you're a bright guy. How tough is Stanford? I'm not bright enough. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you took, I got, don't tell I, me you gave the, you took the I got it done. schedule. I, were, I, I had to work exceptionally hard. I thought I was pretty smart in high school. I... There, it was it was tough. It was uh, academically challenging for sure, um, but it was a great spot, man. I had so much fun out there. Uh, weather was great. We had a pretty good baseball team. I actually got hurt after my freshman year. I didn't play sophomore or junior year, which in kind of a sick way made college even better. Like I had way more fun. And uh, yeah, man, like I have no regrets. I, uh, I I'm, I'm I'm a big I'm pro college for a lot of guys. Um, you know, and with and with these new deals, maybe I'm even more pro college than I was before. Um, but it was, it was, it was very. I'm not sure I would have made it to the big leagues if I didn't go to college. As crazy as that seems, so like I, I got drafted at high school, and I could have got drafted a lot higher. I had opportunities, just turned them down. I don't think I was physically or mentally ready for for professional baseball at 18, and I don't think that I'm in the. I don't think that I'm weird saying that. I think that a lot of guys. Um, those years in college can be pretty advantageous. Um, it's, it's the toughest competition you faced. It's totally win now, right? Like that's the only point of being there. Um, you know, I think, I, I think, or at least in my experience, a lot of the guys that showed up post-college into pro ball, I thought were, were more prepared for the grind. Um, that being said, when you're as talented as some of the kids coming out of high school now, the, the nailers of the world, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to blame them for, for making that choice. So I want to get back to the academics. Do you remember like the toughest class you took? Yeah. So I ended up, I graduated, I got my degree in engineering, but there was the, the path I had to take to get it. The last math class I had to take was, was very theoretical. And I remember, I remember at the end of the class, like thinking in my head, like, it, okay, so if it goes any further, I'm going to have to change degrees. <laughs> Like this is my full on cap. Like there's nothing left. I have nothing left to offer. This is mind boggling. Like you're teaching me how x-rays work and I am a little lost right now. <laughs> Thank God that was the last math class. The re I felt like the rest of the content was still kind of like my language with enough studying. I, I, I could get to kind of, I could get the grade, but there was a couple theoretical classes on the, on the math side on, on the way out that I remember just being like, this is beyond me. And then, so I was, I was at school. Tommy Edmond was my roommate. Uh, oh, all through college. He was the best man at my wedding. Great guy. One of the best, one of the best human beings I know. And smartest. He, he I don't know. I haven't played with everyone in baseball. Gotta be one of the smartest guys in baseball. 
he made that class I'm talking about look easy and then ended up taking the mathematical computational science version of the engineering that I was taking just crushed it. Like that, that guy is the one you need to talk to when it comes to, to fully embracing the both sides of the, of the sport there. So what is it that he wants to do when he's done playing baseball? Is there something he wants to do? Build rockets or something. I, oh my God. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, realistically, he's going to play baseball for another 15 years. So, right. So we'll see. Is there something you dream about doing? I, mean, I hope you play another decade, but I mean, is there something where afterward you have a, um, an appetite to chase after? Uh, I wouldn't say anything is like, you know, everything, every idea I have can wait. There's nothing that I'm just like, can't wait to, to get started on that. Um, I've, uh, I've had a, a couple of people tell me that I need to to broadcast because I won't shut up. Mm-hmm. You're good at this. <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe I feel like when you're in baseball, the idea of staying in baseball is like a little overwhelming, right? It's like, oh my, well, how how long do I really want to? Like, do do I want baseball to be my entire life? It seems like the guys I've talked to that have retired, you take a year or two off, and then your kind of your love and your desire to be back in the sport starts outweighing. Um, whatever, you know, bad memories you've built up. Uh, so we'll see. I don't, I'm not, I'm not counting baseball out of my future, but uh, we'll see. No, I think you could add a tremendous amount, whether it's a, a forum like this, but I think guys who are in the booth and have the ability to explain things in a concise manner, which I can tell right now you do, that is a huge, huge help to people it's who It's tough love to be sport. good at that job. I yeah. want Right. During the season, like being in baseball, I watch about as much baseball as anybody, right? You know when you're listening to someone who is very good at what they do. Right. That's a tough job. Like it, it, uh, across sports, it's like color commentary where it's not where, – where you're not interrupting the flow of the sport, when you're adding you know, insight that the, the standard fan appreciates and the hardcore fan is interested in. Like if you can – the people who are good at doing all of that – I mean, hats off, man. The game's happening fast. You've got, you know, play-by-play going on. Um, some players come back and do it and actually are pretty good. Some guys, I feel like, you know, it's it's a one-and-done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's its own challenge. Just playing baseball does not make you good at that. No, and it also can't be the back-in-my-day story. Those oh. are... Oh, that kills kills players. I... I, I, I Sometimes, you know, there's a time and a place and it makes sense and you're bringing up, you know, your context or it's anecdotal, but most, most, no one wants to hear about it. Right. You know, I, I cheered you on so loud when you were playing and now I want you to cheer us on when we're playing. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's like your uh, fantasy football team. Nobody wants to hear about it. Oh, I don't even want to hear about my own fantasy football team right Bad now. Bad season. Bad season. It's just, yeah, just things. It's just not what I wanted. I, I I, uh, I share a team with uh, our head our head trainer and you know we're just we're fighting injuries and I keep yelling at him I said like you know you're a trainer like go get on this. like like really like this this Amon Ra like hernia sports hernia I need you to fix that like I need him in my lineup right now so yeah. so me and me and our, my uh, my associate coach are having some disagreements but we'll get there I I wish you luck with that I really do um, Tito's done. After 11 years in Cleveland, he is uh, he's truly one of a kind. I think, no joke, I think that he should be put on the Hall of Fame ballot immediately. 
and we should have a speech next summer. That's what I think. Give me one good Tito story that just between you and me. one of my favorite one of my favorite things Tito does, and I think I think he's not sure he's fine talking about this, but he uh, so first of all he he takes care of our clubbies about as good as a coach could ever take care of them. He also asks a lot of the clubbies, you know, like, you know, Tito is a a baseball guy through and through. He doesn't have time for, for whatever task here and there. So he takes care of the clubbies, the clubbies take care of him. One of my favorite things Tito does is you see that big bin of, of gum that he keeps next to him at all times. It's got a hockey tape Tito written on it. Like, I mean, I, I'm just waiting for the day a rookie. Like, I wanted so badly for like Rokio to like reach in and take a piece of gum out of that, like thinking that that was okay. Like, I wouldn't even have told him. I would have let I would have let that happen just to see the what went down. But anyways, he's got the, this thing of gum. So we get those tubs of gum everywhere we go. They're wrapped, right? The gum in there is wrapped. You pull it out, boom, eat it. He has the clubbies go in and unwrap the entire thing's gum. So they're all unwrapped. So he doesn't have to waste time or, or not watch the game. He can just kind of like, you know, just gum. <laughs> and I think, I mean, it's so silly. It doesn't matter. I'm happy. He's happy. I just think it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. That sounds so Tito, though. It, it really does. He's like, when you've been doing it as long as he did it, I think he's just got his little habits, like his little ticks you know that are just kind of like are what they are like you know like he couldn't he can't sit on the bench he he's fidgeting he's too interested in what's going on so they have they install that captain's chair in the dugout that you've seen right like mm-hmm. on the far right side like he's just like little antics that that cleveland has adopted and just now deem as normal blow my mind because like you know outside looking in having your gun gum unwrapped it seems <laughs> seems a little crazy <laughs> He, what do you think like his apartment looks like? Oh, I have no doubt that in season he's a slob. I believe that. I think that, you know, off season, I got no idea. But in season, I mean, he's at the field for 18 hours a day. I don't know when he would fit time in to clean it. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, my the utmost respect for me. You know, I've never asked a manager to sign a jersey i got a jersey signed before he left this year in case this really is it um i don't want to be on the ballot right away because i don't want to completely rule out the chance that he could come back i'm still holding on to hope that you know there's one more reign of terror for tito so let's wait our five years or whatever it is for managers and then we'll we'll first ballot him in really nice by the way his refrigerator where he lives i'm gonna guess there's there can't be anything, but maybe like an like an old cream cheese for bagels or something that's probably been in there since 2015. You know what? I would I would love. I I I think you're probably right. I doubt that he's much of a chef. I, I wouldn't ask him to cook a meal for me. Hell no! He wouldn't even know how to turn on the stove. I mean, yeah, but he 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 makes up for his his maybe his inability. Uh, to do some of those things with his recall of a 1999 baseball game in the sixth inning down by eight. And this is what they did. And this is why it was important. And you're sitting there and I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> it is true. That's pretty... true. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Hedgy. He told us a story because I asked him what it was like for him to pitch against you guys. He seemed to share a story that you 
perhaps wanted to get in on the action. Is this accurate? I think we're allowed to talk about it because the bribe was not accepted. He's already uh, talked about it. So okay. give us your yeah, So I offered, I think it was $2,500 to get in that bat. <laughs> <laughs> I see him jogging out to the mound. Friggin', I, you know what? I'll give him credit. He looked skinny. He had, I think he had pants up. He was looking skinny. He gets up on the mound. He's all smiley, right? He's throwing his 42-mile-an-hour lob balls in there, warming up. He's imitating – I think he's imitating Shane. Or he's doing the he's doing someone's delivery. And I'm, I just, like, I've had enough of this guy right at this point. I look over at DeMarlo, our bench coach, and I'm just yelling. I said, I will pay you this second. I will get cash right now if you let me string him up. I want an at-bat. No, 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 you know. We've got to let the other guys get in that bat the other guys went 0 for 3 with a couple pop-ups. It was like, stick me in there. I'll show you a lob ball swing. This guy's throwing just soft cakes in there. Oh, I wanted that at bat so bad. What would the result have been? I think he either drills me or I hit a homer. I don't see there being any other outcome that makes sense. <laughs> drills you with a 47-mile-an-hour ethos. I think oh, you could have taken that one. I think I'll, I'll, I'll take first base on that one. Were you guys yelling at him the whole time? Full time, full time. And he was smiling as he went off after his one, two, three, and then texting us how easy it is to pitch. I'm just like, oh, oh if you only knew. Uh, he also told us a, a little story that I want you to listen to. Happened several years ago when you were facing the Minnesota Twins. So I want you to listen and then you can react. A couple of years ago, it was like 2021, Cal Quantrill pitching, two outs, nobody on, Josh Donaldson. Swings at a 3-0 fastball and rolls it over. So both me and Cal say thank you. Why, why are you swinging at the 3-0 pitch down five? Next inning, leadoff hitter is Sano. He comes up and he looks right at Cal and goes, hey, stop talking shit. I'm like trying to tell him to get in the box. I'm like, bro, like, come on, like, be cool. Like, get in the box. He's like, hey, man, tell him to, like, stop. So it's now. <laughs> He's like, I got to go sink her in now. Here we go. Got to go sink her in. Like. Kind of nervous. I'm like, come on, Cal. Just don't miss arm side with it. Cal nuts it, jams him. Cal, being the psycho that he is, stares this dude down all the way down the first baseline. I'm the one that has to go have your back. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> I kind of remember that now a little bit. Um, Donaldson has terrorized me since that. So I, I'm, I think I'm out on that. Um Oh, I forgot how big Snow was. Look at him. You think Hedgie beats him out to the mound if he charges? Who wins? Oh, I, think, I think Hedgie pretends to slip. I think he does, too. I think he pulls up with a hammy, and I have to take on that big beast by myself. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, it, I don't know. It just It's competitive. Like, when it's game on, it's game on. Um, I have definitely said and done things on the mound that – the next day, I, you know, eh, not my best, but I think that, like, I think if you ask my teammates, that the people I've played with, you know, at the end of the year, I think they respect my approach to the sport. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not defending my actions, but uh, I'm not promising it won't happen again. But why don't you do it to somebody who's not like 6'6", 270? You're right. Next time I will pick Austin Hedges to do it, too. That's nice. So what, yeah. Are there moments where you have looked back on a day and you're like, God, I can't believe I did that or said that. And 
do you ever have you ever apologized to an opponent for something? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I feel like you know, you're on you're on TV. Your 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 voice is being heard often. I am sure that in the moment you've said things that you think ah like totally right like that that either didn't come across right or I said it in the heat of the moment and it's that's not who I would like to be perceived as. I think that most competitors in baseball will tell you that you know. I've got some leeway for you in the sport where we are, mm-hmm. we are performing at our highest level. There's a lot at stake. Sometimes you say, and you do things that you wish you hadn't have done. Um, I have apologized when I think I've taken it too far. Uh, not in the moment, in the moment I double down on <laughs> let's go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think once you get removed from that environment and, and you, you know, little self-reflection, maybe that's not the person you'd like to be. So so if, if if you've crossed a line, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying sorry. If you know if you feel like it was justified, then roll with it. Um, that's that's an twenty one, so that's an in division game. I've probably started against the Twins twenty times, right? Like sometimes it gets heated. It is what it is. Um, yeah, don't like it. Play better. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure I've let up homers and guys have stared at their bat in the sky as they take 45 seconds to round the bases that I didn't appreciate either. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. I would say the one thing that I would encourage all youth baseball players, anybody who's listening to this show, if, if you're going to show a lot of emotion, the, the one mistake I've made is you, you don't want that emotion directed at the opposing team. If, 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 if you're going to be like a high energy, big explosion kind of guy in, I think it should be directed at your team. Like the goal is not to embarrass someone else. Um, I think you, you should be celebrating. Yeah. Celebrate your own victory. I'm for it. Flip the bat, do whatever you need to do, but you know, towards your bench, like you're not the idea of just inciting a riot every time you pitch is probably not, you know, like <laughs> the best approach. Very good words of advice. I'm going to leave you to this, and I really, really appreciate your time. This has been a blast for me. Um, there has been some people, particularly with now Sandy going down with Tommy John. I mean, Tommy John's nothing new. You know this. But a lot of people now want to point to the pitch clock as something that pitchers are really worried about. If it's not this year, it could be five years from now that we could have massive number of arm injuries. and We're not going to know until five or ten years from now. Is that something you think about? at all okay so the question no i don't think about it you know these are the rules we play by and i'm gonna have to play by them um yeah i don't think we'll know for sure the impact of the pitch clock until we have more data uh it is challenging but i don't think it's wrong you know like our sport evolving and becoming more entertaining is a good thing you know in the end we play we, you know, we play a game that, that at this level and because we have great fans and if our fans are telling us that we need the game to grow and evolve and become better, then I think we do need to, to grow. You know, we do need for it to get better. So um, I, w- I was a little anti pitch clock uh, early in the year. Um, you know, I'll wait and see, I'll see what, what smarter people than me have to say. I think that, based off the very little data that I've kind of gleaned from the internet, it would appear that the game did really well this year. We had more fans. We drew more fans, more, more people watched from what I can tell. I don't know if that's directly correlated with the pitch clock, but it seems like people are enjoying a faster, you know, faster action packed game. 
Um, so, so I'm okay with it. Uh, I think that the next evolution for pitchers in particular is going to be the type of training done to prepare for the season. This year was tough, right? Sandy, for instance, and I'm not blaming the pitch clock, but Sandy's got what, 700, 800 innings under his belt, a Cy Young. The guy is throwing a hundred mile an hour laser beams every fifth day for three years. And then suddenly the game gets a little faster, you know, and we didn't really know how to train. He wasn't in the minor leagues when, when this kind of was coming through. So, you know, I think now we actually have a better idea of what it looks like, like moving forward. Um, and again, I'm not blaming that the pitch clock on that injury necessarily or any of them. Um, I just think that we're going to, as pitchers, we're going to have to take a little more time this off season to, to attack that, whether that means like more conditioning, I'm not sure if that's really the answer or, you know, just some things to try and slow down the game. Um, Sonny Gray, I think is someone I've watched this year who has handled the pitch clock for an extreme veteran really well. Like the game seemed to happen at the pace that Sonny wants to play the game at despite the pitch clock. And that's impressive, especially considering, I don't I mean, I feel like that guy's been in the big leagues for 10 years. Like, he is he was obviously completely adjusted to the old game. Now he's playing the new game and it seems to have he seems to have gone unbothered. Like I don't didn't look at his numbers at the end of the year, but every time we faced him, he was doing pretty good. Um so I think there's ways there's ways for us to to get better at this without the automatic point of contention being, oh, it causes injuries. Well, we don't have a pitch clock here at the Rose Rotation, but it's time for you to clock out. I have uh, right. taken enough of your time. This was really, really good. A ton of fun. I know our listeners are going to love all of your insights, you know, as a kid that grew up in the major leagues and a guy who's been there now and has dealt with some adversity and had fun doing it. And listen, you you will be great if you want to go in the broadcasting world. I think you're way too smart for it myself. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to try and get another five years in here before I even have to cross that bridge. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're good. What are you, 27, 28? 28 now, yeah. Yeah, you're fine. You're in good shape. Enjoy your off-season travels. Tell Pops hi from the baseball world. And enjoy your off-season. Stay healthy. Okay? Sounds good. This was a blast. For our one-of-a-kind producer, the awfully intelligent Robbie Chiracco, and Cal Quantrill of your Cleveland Guardians, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.